Well, how's it going, family? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I am your intrepid host, Max Lugavere, and uh, I'm super excited for this episode, episode number 82, which is going to welcome you to the world of bone broth. On this episode, I get to speak to Justin Mares, who is the uh, founder of Kettle and Fire, which is one of my favorite bone broth companies out there, because they make not only just... um, bone broths using only grass-fed or pasture-raised animals, but they also make a line of soups that I find to be totally delicious and savory and warming and soothing uh, on these, you know, increasingly cold days as we head deeper and deeper into the uh, the winter season. So I'm excited to talk all things bone broth on, on this episode, as well as some of the trials and tribulations that Justin faced as an entrepreneur building his company from scratch. So if any of you guys out there have a a dream entrepreneurial passion project uh, and, you know, not only that, but are trying to balance the hustle that it requires to have a successful startup and to run a successful startup um, with living a healthy lifestyle. Well, this episode is going to be for you. So I'm super excited for you to listen to it. Before we dive in, guys, please take a moment to support The Genius Life. You can do that primarily by either leaving a rating and review for this show on iTunes. I really appreciate all the reviews that you leave, whether they're positive or negative. I read all of them and uh, I try to iterate and make the show better every with every um, new episode. And the second way that you can support the Genius Life is by going to maxlugavere.com, which is my website, uh, where you could also incidentally find show notes for every podcast episode. And by joining my newsletter, by signing up for my newsletter, um, it allows me a pipeline to your brain so that I could share projects that I'm really excited about, exclusive discounts. Um, on products that I uh, use myself, science that I think you ought to know about, can't miss podcast episodes, and so much more. I take your privacy very seriously. I will never give your email address to anybody else, and you can opt out at any time. So what have you got to lose? Uh, You've got plenty to gain. So again, maxlugavere.com, join my newsletter. I would appreciate that very, very much. And that's it for the housekeeping. I'm excited to get into this discussion. Again, all things bone broth. We're going to talk about the differences between chicken bone broth and beef bone broth. We're going to talk about uh, how Kettle and Fire makes their bone broth, how he launched this startup when he, you know, didn't have a product to sell, but he was able to, in an ingenious way, sort of focus group uh, his product with consumers online. So there's going to be a lot of information that Justin shares that's applicable to you, whether you're a health junkie or an entrepreneur or a combination of both. So strap on your seatbelts and, oh, before I forget, uh, Justin has offered a generous discount of 20% for any of you guys that want to go over to kettleandfire.com and try any of their um, soups. My personal favorites are the butternut squash soup, the tomato soup, um, and the chili, I think is amazing. Throw some eggs in it and it's bomb. So all you got to do is head over to kettleandfire.com and use promo code MAXBROTH and you'll get to save 20% off of everything in their online store. So uh, I'm going to remind you guys um, at some point down the road in this episode, but I just want to let you guys know. Thank you, Justin, for that generous offer. And yeah, on with the show. Justin, thanks so much for being with me on The Genius Life. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Dude, well, I got to tell you, man, I've been a fan of Kettle and Fire bone broths for a while um, because not only do you guys make really tasty bone broths and, you know, I think I've talked in previous episodes about the value of bone broth and collagen and we'll, you know, sort of do a bit of a, um, you know, reminder crash course on on why I'm such a huge fan of collagen later in the episode. But uh, you guys make these soups that are just so good. Like I grew up eating canned soup from some of the big 
canned soup conglomerates. And, yep. <laughs> uh, and I haven't, you know, pr prior to discovering you guys, I wasn't able to, to find like an adult version of like a ready to drink, you know, ready to heat up soup that I could feel comfortable about eating. And that was that also tasted great as well. So just, you know, my gratitude to you for uh, creating such a good product. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. I think I think uh, what happened in soup over the last, you know, 50 years or whatever uh, is kind of uh, emblematic of what's happened in the entire food industry, which is with these big, you know, public CPG corporations taking the functional ingredients out of out of soup, taking bone broth out of soup and packing it with a bunch of sugars and other garbage. So uh, I, I appreciate that. We're, we're definitely trying to bring legitimate products back to a, a category that's been unhealthy for a while. Yeah, totally. You mentioned uh, the acronym CP <clears throat> CPG. What is that for listeners that uh, are not familiar with that? Yeah, sorry, my first sentence contained an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> um, so CPG is consumer packaged goods. It basically means uh, any sort of packaged food company uh, that you can imagine. Like Procter & Gamble would be one, uh, Mars Bars, you know, General Mills, like any, any sort of packaged food or consumer product uh, generally fits under the CPG umbrella. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so how did you come to launch Kettle and Fire? Like, how when when, when did you decide that bone broth was going to be your, you know, your sort of calling card in the CPG in the CPG space? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good question. So I was uh, a couple of years ago. I was living in San Francisco. Um, I was working in tech, and my kind of day looked like was doing growth, uh, so sales and marketing for a developer tools company. Uh, so that meant that like all day long, I would talk to developers about uh, their developer tools. Like, And we sold software that helped developers write better software. And so that was just incredibly boring. Like, I, I just didn't have a passion for that space, didn't care about it at all. Uh, but what I did care about is, and what I was getting into uh, is I was starting to do a lot of CrossFit. And I was also starting to really do a lot of reading and digging into like, what's actually going on with like, why is everyone in America getting sick at the same time? You know, like, why is my, why are my friends gaining weight when they're, when they're not intending to? Why, why do my parents struggle with, uh, you know, lifestyle mediated diseases? And as I kind of dug deeper into that, I just realized more and more and became more and more of a fan of the, what we would call now, like the paleo kind of approach to health and wellness. And within that, uh, I was talking to a lot of friends and a couple of nutritionists who, we're hitting on the importance of gut health and, uh, you know, decreasing inflammation. And bone broth was a product that continually came up. And I was living in San Francisco, pretty forward thinking food scene. And in 2015, when we started working on this, uh, literally, there was no one, nowhere in the city that I could buy bone broth. Uh, and so around that time, my brother kind of on the other side of the country, he was 18 years old at the time. Uh, he tore his everything but his ACL and his knee playing soccer and was looking for foods that could help with his recovery. And I suggested bone broth, he looked into it. Again, no one in Philly was selling it. And so that's when Nick, my brother and co-founder, he decided to skip college, uh, start Kettle and Fire with me. And you know, we decided to dive in and, and do something in the, the world of CPG, which up until that point we had never experienced. <laughs> and we've been doing that for four years now. That's amazing. And how like, you know, for my listeners who maybe have like that entrepreneurial dream passion project that, you know, they'd love to get off the ground. Like, how did it look in those early days? Like, did you start formulating like in uh, your own kitchen? Like, what was that like? It was brutal, man. <laughs> like we, we had no idea effectively uh, if how we would make this product. Like 
we kind of tested the idea. If you want to get, do you want me to get uh, tactical for a second? Or I, like I want to get, I want to get really tactical. Sweet. So what I did with the idea is I wasn't really sure, you know, I knew this was a product I wanted. I didn't know if this was something that multiple people in the world would actually care about. Like is, is the market big enough where we could make a bone broth and actually do well as starting out as a business. Uh, and so what we did is we put up a, a website and we bought some traffic, like bought uh, clicks on Google and advertised on Facebook, sending people to a landing page that described the bone broth product we were going to make. And we just looked at, okay, based on how well these ads are converting and everything like that, um, do, is this a product we think we can sell profitably? And it turns out that we could. Like the the conversion rates on the product page that we pulled together were phenomenal. Hmm. Um, we were selling. We had no idea how much it would cost to make bone broth. So we said like the price that we're going to test it at is twenty nine ninety nine for a you know sixteen ounce or twenty four ounce bone broth, which is nuts. <laughs> uh, and we just said if people convert on this page, we think that this is going to be. Uh, a real business because it's something people clearly want enough to to spend, you know, to pay a premium for it and to do so online with uh, on a website that has like two pages on it, <laughs> you know? And so we tested it that way and just saw that the demand was there. And after that we spent, uh, that was the fun part. And then after that we spent the next nine months uh, calling, emailing, talking to over 500 different manufacturing partners until we found one that could finally make uh, our bone broth product. Because there, there's some weird things about a product that make it really, really challenging to make uh, and made a lot of manufacturing partners not want to work with us. That's so super, it just took forever. Super interesting. I want to get into like what, what sets you guys apart. But so like that's a, before we get to that, that, I mean, that's a fascinating way to focus group uh, an idea before you invest serious capital into like getting, getting an idea off the ground. But I'm just curious, how do you then, so you've got customers placing these orders. Are you mm -hmm. not just like, like, I mean, how do you then fulfill? Like you've, you're taking, yeah. taking people's money. So like, what do you, what's the next step? Yeah. So we, we emailed everyone the same day that they ordered and we would just say like, Hey, this is a product we're working on. It's not totally ready to ship yet. Uh, if you want, I'll refund you your money today. Uh, if not, we'll give you 50% off your first purchases. And so we would just refund them half their money and give them 50% off when we were ready to ship. Uh, if they didn't respond to us, we would just refund their money the next day. So wow. we didn't take anyone's money that we didn't fulfill, but we just wanted to make sure, you know, that people were actually serious about wanting this product uh, and giving them a, a pretty fat discount and, and starting a, a dialogue with them before we actually launched meant that we got a ton of really good customer feedback and had a, had a list of people that were really jazzed to finally taste the product we were pulling together uh, by the time we actually launched it. That's amazing. And this is totally at a time when, you know, commercial bone broths were not as readily available. I mean, you know, to make anybody who's ever tried to make a bone broth knows that it takes a long time. I mean, you've got to simmer yeah. bones for 24 hours. I mean, especially like the big collagen rich bones that that we're talking about. They, I mean, that takes some serious time and ingredients and uh, patience and it smells up your house. And I'm not trying to yeah. d dissuade anybody from doing it because it's actually kind of fun to do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, what a, what a value for people that, you know, just want to be able to like put down their credit card numbers and then like get this delicious bone broth delivered straight to their, you know, to their front doors. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a lot of people uh, that would write in and say, oh, my husband won't let me make bone broth in the house because it stinks up the whole thing. <laughs> or, you know, like I burned everything because I was traveling and I forgot I left the slow cooker on. Like we got stories like that all the time. Uh, so we had a lot of people writing in that were pretty excited to see us coming out with a high quality version of stuff they make at home. So tell me about about your guys' bone broth and why it was such a challenge finding the right manufacturer to uh, to pull it off. Yeah. So if you think about the kind of food manufacturing world, a lot of these guys, you know, they own uh, manufacturing equipment. They're they're kind of playing a utilization game. Like how many how many batches of X product can I make in the shortest period of time so that I'm getting high utilization on my equipment and you know thus making the most amount of money. So for us. Uh, in our category, you know, Campbell, some of these other guys uh, that are making broth and stocks and soups, um, they basically they work with these different manufacturing companies and they'll say, great, here's a soup we want to make. You can flash boil it at a high temperature under high pressure for an hour and a half and then, you know, throw it in a can and it's kind of done. And so we came along and we're like, hey, you need to use real bones, which are a pain to work with and require some extra uh, levels of approval from the USDA, which is the US Department of Agriculture. Uh, we want to cook them for 24 plus hours, which meant that, you know, these guys that were used to churning out 12 to 14 batches a day of different things, uh, were actually now just tying up their their manufacturing equipment just with our stuff for an entire day. Uh, and so those were some really big challenges. Oh, and we were two people, you know, my brother was doing most of those phone calls, who's an 18 year old who had never done anything in the industry. Like, if I was running a manufacturing business, there's a good chance I would have laughed us out of the room, you know? <laughs> like we just had no business kind of talking to these guys. And so all of those things kind of added up and made made it really challenging uh, to find a, a manufacturing partner that would actually work with us on day one. So, and then you, I mean, I'm assuming you ultimately, you, you found the manufacturing partner. Yeah, yeah. So we, we found one, uh, actually my brother emailed Mark Cuban from the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. And, you know, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and was like, hey, I'm an 18-year-old entrepreneur. We're trying to find, this is what we're doing. We've tested this idea. We're trying to find someone that can actually make this product. Um, you know, would you be interested in investing and or helping out? And Mark Cuban connected us with our food person, who that, with his food person who manages his food investments, who then made an introduction to someone that we still work with today as our co-packer. <laughs> kind of wild. That's amazing. I was kind of getting the sense that there was a bit of a shark tank <laughs> yeah. uh, vibe here. That's cool. So Mark Cuban has been a, a supporter of you guys. He has been, yeah. More than he knows. <laughs> I read that there was something about your brother, like he was injured. And that's one of the reasons why you guys decided to go into bone broth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So he was playing soccer his senior year of high school. And he tore his knee uh, playing soccer. He got a nasty kind of slide tackle. And so he got surgery and was bedridden for seven weeks uh, and, you know, just couldn't move, couldn't do anything. It was looking at how can he use diet to actually accelerate his healing. Uh, and that's when he, you know, on my recommendation, looked into bone broth. And when we saw, oh, there's literally no quality sources of bone broth that you can buy in the Philadelphia area where my family's from. Uh, that's kind of one of the reasons that we decided to start this company. So all the bones that you guys use, they're from pastured animals grass-fed organic um yep. was that what what were the first products that you guys launched with yes yeah, so we first launched with a beef bone broth i think if you know at the time especially if you look at the market there was literally no one doing a, a grass-fed pasture raised beef bone broth and so 
we decided to come out with that as our first product. Second product was uh, an organic chicken bone broth, uh, which we, you know, and we still have those today. And those are our two best selling products. That's amazing. Are you, are there like nutritional differences between the two that you can talk about chicken and yeah. beef or are they, are they fairly similar? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, there are different types of bones. And so if you think about chicken bones, you know, we're using an entire chicken frame. So ribs, you know, feed like the whole thing. Whereas with our beef bone broth, we're actually using a uh, different kind of set of bones. Like the, the beef carcass uh, skeleton is just too big to put every, you know, to use every piece of it. And so we use mo- uh, bones that are rich in marrow, that are rich in collagen and some of the connective joint uh, tissue so that we can maximize the amount of collagen and amino acids in the bone broth. So if you look at the two, you know, the chicken bone broth will tend to be uh, a little lighter in protein, but not that much. And then uh, it will also just kind of have uh, occasionally be more gelatinous because there's uh, chicken feet in it, whereas the the beef bone broth doesn't actually have chicken feet or anything like that in the product. Hmm. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the difference. Now, if you get on like an amino acid basis, uh, oftentimes you'll find that the beef bone broth has a different amino acid profile as way as well as a, a more robust omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. Um, that's simply because of the concentration of the types of bones that we use in the beef bone broth versus the chicken. That's super interesting. So what would what are the differences in the amino acid uh, concentrations? I mean, do you get more like of the essential amino acids? Because collagen basically is, uh, I mean, you, you've got a number of different amino acids generally in collagen, but it's I mean, the bulk of it is just three amino acids. It's glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline, sort of on a repeating loop, um, essentially. And that's why collagen is one of the top sources uh, of glycine. Like a third of collagen is glycine. And glycine is super mm-hmm. important. It's, you know, rate limiting in the synthesis of glutathione, which is, you know, the body's master antioxidant. The more muscle meat you consume, the more uh, glycine you need. And so I always, you know, uh, implore my omnivorous audience or my largely omnivorous audience to, you know, make sure that they're getting collagen from foods like bone broth or even, you know, the occasional supplement. Um, but is the beef bone broth then like, is there just like more of the essential amino acids in it, less collagen or like what, what are the differences in the amino acid profile? Yeah. So it's, it's slightly more, uh, in the essential amino acids and then slightly less collagen, um, mainly because a lot of the mainly because of the, the connective tissue that we use, you know, by using whole chicken frames, you're getting a lot of chicken feet, a lot of, uh, a lot of that stuff, which generally breaks down into collagen. And so the chicken will be slightly higher in collagen, not a ton. Whereas the, the beef, you're getting more of the marrow, more of the like tougher connective tissue, which like spits out into a, a, a higher essential amino acid profile. I love it. You can always tell a high quality bone broth by how sticky it makes your lips feel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because because yep. collagen, it's it's basically the glue that holds the body together. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's sticky. It literally is sticky, and you can always tell when you're eating, when you're drinking, you know, a high quality bone broth, or even if you're eating collagenous parts of an animal, your lips like get really sticky, and you don't you don't you don't get that when you're eating like a chicken breast, for example, which has no collagen in it. Uh, for the most part. Yeah, so, exactly. So when did you guys then decide to launch the soups? Because I got to tell you, like, I'm a huge fan. 
even before you and I had connected, like huge fan of the soups, especially come winter time. The uh, you know, like the butternut squash and the tomato soup. Oh my god, lifesavers! <laughs> That's awesome. I love hearing that. So we launched the soups about a year ago now, maybe a little more. Uh, and effectively, we launched it just because we kind of looked at the soup category, and and I think this is true of unfortunately too many categories in in the food world today. But we basically saw a category where a lot of people like and enjoy soup. Uh, they want to incorporate it in their diet, but there's not really a healthy option. Like even if you look at the organic soups and some of the other stuff that's in the uh, in the center of the store these days, there's a lot of additives, sugars, uh, you know, unnatural ingredients, binders, you know, things like this. And so what we saw, and then on top of that, we saw that if you know, when compared to soup uh, 50 years ago, soups today were really lacking in protein, and they didn't have bone broth in them. Like the reason that your grandma says, you know, oh, have chicken noodle soup or have chicken soup when you're sick is because in her day, that chicken soup used to be homemade and it used to be made with the bones and frames of chickens. Uh, once you pull that ingredient and pull that bone broth out of soup, you're taking like all of the functional nutrients and functional benefits out of soup, which we just thought was kind of ridiculous. And so that's why we decided to, you know, take a stand and like put bone broth back into soup uh, and make it a, a actually healthy enjoyable product that super health conscious people can actually consume and feel good about again. I mean, growing up, my grandmother would always be boiling bones and it would totally (laughs) always make my kitchen stink. And there was actually (laughs) like, this was like well before me and my brothers had any concept of health. And, you know, so we would actually like make fun of that scenario. We would, we would actually kind of like not like it because it would make the whole kitchen smell like boiled chicken. And we just like, we, we thought it was just something that like some weird eccentricity of my grandmother's. Um, but, you know, lo and behold, now we know that my grandma was practicing this, this ancient wisdom of extracting, you know, all of these precious nutrients from the bones. Uh, you know, sometimes it seemed like it would go on for weeks. Like after Thanksgiving, we would have like the turkey carcass for weeks, you know, like parts of it yep. were being used to make like the bone broth and like my mom would feed other parts of it to my dogs. But like, yeah, the whole, the idea of whole animal consumption, I think is, uh, is crucial. And it's something that, you know, that our ancestors and certainly, you know, uh, previous generations definitely were, were privy to. And yeah, the, this generation, it seems like we've, we've lost touch, but I'm glad that you guys are bringing it back. That's kind of our, our whole goal is we're, we're really trying to fix or at least do our small part uh, in fixing aspects of the food system that we think have been corrupted and are, and are actively leading to bad health outcomes for, you know, millions of Americans. So before my next question, just so listeners know, they can head over to kettleandfire.com and use uh, promo code MAXBROTH if they want to try anything. They'll get to save 20% off, which is dope. Thank you for offering that to my listeners. Um, I, I mean, you guys have so many different flavors. So uh, if you're listening and you want to go check them out, um, I mean, they've got mushroom chicken, lemongrass, ginger pho. I, I mean, I love the creamy tomato and butternut squash, neither of which have dairy. They're both fire. Uh, they're so good. Um, but yeah, so, you know, in terms of these kinds of diseases, conditions, what research have you done? I mean, I know, you know, your background is more as an entrepreneur, but what can you tell us about the health benefits of collagen and bone broth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so my background is definitely more as an entrepreneur, but that said, I mean, obviously this is a space that I care about. I, 
personally care a lot about optimizing my my own health and well-being. Uh, and so what I kind of when I think about collagen and the benefits, I think one of the biggest things, uh, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, is if you're an average American, or or let's say like you're even a, a super health conscious uh, American, like almost certainly relative to your ancestors of 50, 100, you know, 1,000, 5,000 years ago, uh, people today in America are eating way less, are getting way less collagen and way fewer amino acids in their diet than they would, you know, hundreds, thousands of years ago. Like we just as a society don't tend to incorporate organ meats, bone broth, bone marrow uh, into our diets, which are pretty much the, the top sources of essential amino acids, collagen, stuff like this, which makes up, uh, you know, the building blocks of the body. And so I think that if you look at how the average American eats, uh, one of the big holes in their diet, even if you're eating super like grass fed beef, you're eating, uh, you know, fruits, nuts, vegetables, all this kind of stuff, um, even the really high quality food, it's likely that you're still not getting enough uh, bone broth and I mean, not, not necessarily bone broth, but you're not getting enough collagen, you're not getting enough amino acids in your diet, even if you're super dialed in. And so I think that, you know, I've seen studies that point to uh, how critical uh, these glycosaminoglycans uh, are uh, in building joint tissue, connective tissue, uh, you know, reducing kind of joint issues. Uh, there's a ton of amino acids that help with nutrient um, production, digestion, and the like. Uh, seeing like glutamine plays a really key role in helping to seal the intestinal wall. Collagen obviously makes up huge amounts of your body's connective tissue. Uh, I, I just I think that all of these things are really really important uh, to lead to optimal human health. And just as a society, uh, people even super healthy dialed in people are just not getting enough of these essential amino acids and collagens in their diet. Couldn't agree more. I've been convinced um, that that if you are consuming an omnivorous diet, that uh, you should go out of your way to get more collagen into it. Um, listeners could review episode 66 of my podcast where I spoke to uh, Chris Masterjohn, who I know is a big fan, or uh, I shouldn't say fan, more of an advocate for getting more glycine in your diet. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, as I mentioned, glycine is um, the one of the predominant amino acids found in collagen and Bone broth is is obviously rich in collagen, so I couldn't agree more. And uh, you know, thanks thanks for making it easy. You know, with a really tasty bone broth to get more collagen in your diet. It's great for like, how do you how do you normally drink it? I mean, do you recommend it as like a first thing in the morning kind of thing, or like with dinner? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I tend to like I like it kind of two ways. One, I like to have a cup in the afternoon. Uh, kind of at work just as like a pick me up and a, a nice like midday kind of soothing thing. Uh, and then I also like to drink it before I eat dinner. Uh, like you said, I think that there is more and more research uh, coming out that points to the fact that the, the essential amino acids in bone broth uh, really do improve the digestion and the way that your body handles uh, an, an intake of muscle meat. And so I, I like to do it before dinner for a couple reasons. One, just so that my digestion, you know, tends to help with digestion. Uh, secondly, there's also studies that have shown that the gelatin in, in bone broth can help attenuate or lessen the impact of glucose, meaning that you'll get less of a, a blood sugar spike when you're eating, you know, after you've incorporated gelatin into your, into your diet, like a couple minutes before you eat. 
Uh, and then lastly, I also find that it, it like kind of takes the edge off of hunger. Like I know that there've certainly been times where I've sat down, I'm just starving. And, you know, I, I tend to not make my best health decisions if I'm sitting down starving and there's like, I'm out to dinner with friends and there's bread and some of these other things on the table. Um, so I like to kind of do it where I, it means that I can sit down at dinner and not be completely starving and a, a, a ravenous animal that's down to eat anything. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's rich in protein and protein is the most satiating macronutrient. So it's, it's like, it's great if you're, if you are trying to lose weight and you've got hunger pangs, um, that's total. I didn't even think of that. It's a great point. You could just sip on some bone broth and probably, you know, save yourself a few hundred calories just by doing that of, you know, mm-hmm. the consumption of other, other potentially less uh, good for you foods. Yeah, exactly. So what's next for Kettle and Fire? What do you guys, I mean, is it just to continue to innovate and create tasty new flavors and expand your distribution? Yeah, basically. So we, we've done a, a couple things. Like in the last year, uh, we launched some new soup flavors. We launched uh, a bunch of keto soups. So soups that are formulated for those who are on a high-fat, low-carb diet. Um, you know, we now have a line of soups that serve as a really nice meal replacement uh, for people who kind of live that lifestyle or even want to cut down on carbs. We also launched a line of seasoned bone broths. So basically, uh, you know, we launched a turmeric ginger chicken bone broth. We launched the chipotle beef, a lemongrass pho, like all of these different varietals that, in my opinion, make sipping bone broth in your afternoon or, or morning uh, really, really enjoyable. It's something that, you know, it's a ritual that I now look forward to. And so beyond those, I think that uh, we have a couple other products that we're kind of working on. Um, I view our charter as we're trying to figure out basically like how can we improve the distribution and the, the number of key amino acids, collagen and nutrients that the average American gets in their diet. And so we're looking at other categories to see, you know, how can we bring this kind of kettle and fire approach of taking something that is inconvenient to make and historically made with bad ingredients. Uh, how can we use real ingredients, wholesome ingredients, uh, and kind of level up the average quality of the the products in that category. And so we're looking at a couple other categories and just trying to expand our distribution, getting into more Kroger's, Safeway. Um, you know, we're in every Whole Foods now, things like that. It's amazing. I love you guys also use some functional ingredients. I mean, not that bone broth isn't uh, functional on its own, but I mean, the mushroom chicken bone broth, I just noticed has lion's mane in it, which is really cool. I've talked a bit about lion's mane um, on this podcast because of its association with better cognition. Um, you know, a handful of studies are, are suggesting that lion's mane can help as a neuroprotectant and, um, you know, boost cognition. So that's cool mm-hmm. that you guys have that. And then you have another one with turmeric, which is great. Uh, you know, Ayurvedic spice, which has anti-inflammatory, um, abilities through curcumin, um, so it's cool. It's definitely like uh, you guys are, are really hitting a, a health conscious and well-informed audience. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank you. We, we definitely take pride in our formulation and the ingredients we use, uh, everything like that. So wh- when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I mean, you're so busy, I'm imagining. I mean, you've got this like successful company. It's taking off. How do you find balance in your life? I mean, between maintaining your own health and wellness and running a, a successful company, what does this look like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, it's honestly something I've been trying to kind of figure out on my own uh, over the last couple months. Like, I turned 30 a couple weeks ago, about a month ago. 
Uh, and so just kind of as, as part of that reflection, um, you know, I was thinking about like, what did I do well in my 20s? What do I like? What don't I like? Uh, and one of the things that I kind of came away from that reflective period with was just that I want to do a better job of, of making time and space for um, hobbies, friends, things that are not necessarily focused on work productivity or, or maximizing uh, my like physical health and wellness. Like I think that I came out of a, you know, I grew up with in a family that wasn't super health conscious. And so kind of went from eating a very average American diet, you know, cooking pasta every single night in college, <laughs> like going from that world. And now, now someone who eats and have been, you know, 99% paleo for seven or eight years now. Um, that's been a huge amount of education. Learning how to launch and run a business has been a tremendous amount of education. But I think now I'm starting to kind of appreciate the benefits of slowing down a little bit, like getting into hobbies, getting into meditation. I've been doing, uh, you know, and, and just appreciating like other aspects of life outside of just optimizing my health and optimizing my, my career and what I want to achieve in the world. Like ultimately I think that doing, uh, having like really strong friendships, having really strong group, you know, doing activities that get you outside and get you in nature and meditating and, and trying to like live a lower stress life all also play into health in a way that uh, is really important, but isn't necessarily as fun or sexy to talk about as like, what are the essential amino acids that you're getting <laughs> in your life today? You know, <laughs> um, so I've been trying to focus on that type of stuff a lot more. Yeah, I think it's I think the obsession with diet and nutrition is because, I mean, you can basically get the body of your dreams by eating a certain ratio of macronutrients and and calories, right? But I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel good along the way. Being healthy and feeling good um, is it's a multifactorial endeavor, and nutrition mm -hmm. and you know, by extension, what you eat is just one part of that. So I couldn't agree more that managing stress, um, fostering those those friendships, you know, like I I forget where I heard it. Maybe it was a friend of mine, but you know, watering watering the relationships that. Um, that that add value to your life, you know, whether it's your friends or your romantic partner. I think this is all a, a, a really crucial part of the equation, and not letting not letting those relationships wilt and die. Um, they yeah. take they take work like a plant. You know, you got to water them occasionally. Yeah, completely, completely. And I, I mean, I'm I'm sure you probably know people that are like this too. But you know, being in the health and wellness industry, I just have met so many people that are. Uh, well-intentioned, you know, they fix their lives, their their diet, they fixed illnesses, but as a result, they kind of get really, really stressed out about everything they put in their body. You know, like have a have an ice cream, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh God, this is a terrible thing! Like, what have I done?" Um, you know, they miss a night of sleep, and and they add stress to their lives about, um, you know, it just it just compounds in a really negative way. And so, um, as someone who's done my fair share of that, I'm trying to do a much better job of kind of being happy, appreciating the moment, building non-food related wellness routines, uh, and, and just trying to like build a life that, that I deeply enjoy and get a lot of value out. So how has your health changed since you've started adding more bone broth to your diet? Because I'm assuming, you know, as a CEO of the company, you drink this stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, so my health has been I'm, I'm super lucky. My health has been really good. I started the company when I was 25, uh, didn't really have that many health issues. It was way more about 
health optimization. But, uh, but you know, since then, I used to get some some small levels of acne. That doesn't really happen anymore. Uh, you know, my my hair and nail strength is the envy of my dad, who's very bald. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've I've say that like I've not really had any gut problems. My energy's been pretty good. I think uh, I think it's hard to pinpoint. You know, is bone broth the reason for all of this? Uh, but I think I think it's certainly a really really key part of a wellness routine and regimen that I've I've focused on building over the last you know seven or eight years. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, I mean, is there anything else that, that we can talk about? Because you know, this is just such a fascinating story, and uh, you know. I always love like supporting small businesses and bringing attention to them, especially when it's a product. Well, only if it's a product that I genuinely use. And, um, you know, my listeners know that like, you know, I don't, I don't BS them. So, you know, love what you guys, love what you guys do. I'm a, I'm a customer, you know, I bought your guys product many, many times. Oh, I forgot to mention the chili with beans. That's like, I, <laughs> that, I mean, that is, I literally will, I'll make that sometimes and I'll throw some eggs into it. Like I'll poach some eggs and then I'll like, you know, eat that. But yeah, you got, I mean, you guys, kettleandfire.com, you can check out their chili. You can check out their butternut squash soup. And if you use code max broth, you'll get to save 20%. I recommend checking them out. Um, it's just, it's just like really good stuff. So, uh, Thanks, man. I yeah. appreciate that. We're, we're lucky to have fans like you. <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm lucky that I get to like be a fan of a company and then, you know, connect with the, you know, the founder, connect with you and then be able to create content with you. So, um, the door swings both ways. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like what, what's kind of got you interested, uh, in the health and wellness world lately? Um, I mean, man, I'm, I'm very interested in, I think the rise of these kinds of functional food products. Um, you know, because we all eat, right. And, and so I think to be able to have like a soup, that's not just like a sugar and sodium and unhealthy oil bomb to your system, to be able to have something that's actually like additive in terms of your health, like that's an amazing thing. And that's something that only over the past couple of years, because health and wellness has become this, you know, this force, this economic force that that such a such a product is now available right so for somebody like me who's been interested in health and wellness his entire life for the most part i just feel like a kid in a candy store where i get to go to my local health food market um and just look around and find all kinds of products that i can't wait to buy and bring home and try out so i mean yeah i love that i'm like i genuinely am i'm psyched that i get to do what i do and i get to try out all these different products um and then on top of that, I'm That's just so cool. Yeah, I'm just excited for people's, you know, increasing awareness and understanding of the foods and ingredients that they put into their bodies and how, um, you know, important nutrition is in terms of not just making you, you know, like helping you maintain weight and 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 you know get stronger and leaner or or you know gain weight or whatever it is that you want to do in terms of your 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 body composition goals. But that people are now are now beginning to appreciate the role that food has in in brain health and mental health, and mm-hmm. that's obviously a huge huge passion of mine, um, and will be um, for the foreseeable future certainly. But yeah. uh, food is crucial when it comes to mental health, both in terms of like the ingredients as well as the ritual that we attach to food. So 
mm-hmm. you know, bringing it, bringing it back to kettle and fire. Like the fact that like, you know, I used to love soups growing up, you know, my mom, my grandma, as I mentioned, would always be boiling bones. And, and even though I hated the process and having to smell that in my kitchen, I definitely loved the, uh, the product that it yielded. And I would love to eat, you know, a good soup, but as an adult and somebody who's like health conscious, um, you know, I'm just psyched to now have like a, a healthy soup, soup option. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, we don't have that much time left. Is there anything else that we can add? I, would, I definitely want to make sure that, um, you know, my listeners are, are connecting with the kettle and fire ethos and, uh, you know, and, um, yeah, I think, I think the only other thing that I'd add is, uh, I think that it's, it's easy to kind of read articles or think about, you know, oh, big CPG companies are kind of these bad actors. They're, they're creating bad products. They're making people sicker, all that. Uh, one of the things that I'm so encouraged about is that that's actually changing. Like people are now standing up and they're kind of voting with their wallets and, and demanding that these companies that make most of the, the food that people consume, they're, they're demanding that these companies actually do a better job. They make better products. They use better ingredients. And then they're enabling brands like us to actually come along and, and thrive. And so I think like it's really easy to think, oh man, uh, what am I going to do to try and fix or improve this terrible food system we are currently stuck with that that makes people sicker rather than healthier? And I think uh, I think the answer is that as more and more people start to care about high quality products, about you know, and, and pay and shop for brands that are trying to do things the right way, it actually makes a t- tremendous difference, like way, way more than I think most people understand or, or can appreciate. And so I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for all of the people that have kind of taken their health into their own hands in the last couple of years and decided to vote, vote with their wallet and invest in, in products that they see as higher quality that, that want to make them healthy and not, not just sick. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I don't think that these big CPG conglomerates are evil at all, um, but they just you know they have like their priorities are different than ours. You know, their priorities are mm-hmm. are just to just to grow the bottom line. You know, and yeah. um and yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can't judge, but it's just a different it's a different priority. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that they came you know they kind of came of age and and started and scaled in a in an era where the the u.s government and kind of america's main mission was how do we feed this exploding post-world war ii population uh and you know the answer to that was let's make lowest common denominator products that seemingly fulfill uh fulfill the needs of people and you know by the way people like sugar they want it like great let's make more of that i mean a lot of these brands and companies started in an era where people didn't realize that cigarette smoking was unhealthy for you and so I, I think that it's not as much that they're evil, like you said, but just they're kind of stuck in a in a way of thinking and a system that where people didn't really value the impact of these these health and food products on people's health. And, and I think that that's changing now. Yeah, and people, you know, people people buy their products and they enjoy them. I mean, bro, I, when I growing up, I loved spaghettios with <laughs> with like the meatballs in them. I can't even tell you. I mean, thankfully, my mom wouldn't let me have it all the time, but I used to like love that stuff. I mean, God knows yeah. what's in it. I haven't even like. I mean, I don't even know <laughs> if they still make spaghettios, but I used to like go to town 
I think there was one time when my mom and dad were out of town and we had two cans. Normally, she'd only let me have one can to myself. <laughs> and I think I ate like two. I, I found myself in a glycemic coma afterwards. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. You guys should do like a SpaghettiOs variant, like just something to like something nostalgic like that. Oh, I would love to. It's uh, it's actually surprisingly hard to find a gluten-free noodle that will actually stay together <laughs> when you harden, like when you heat everything that you know that goes into making bone broth. So it's a weird issue we've struggled with for a long time. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, I volunteered to taste test. When you find that that shelf-stable, gluten-free, <laughs> maybe grain-free paleo noodle that uh, that stands the test of time and makes a kettle on fire spaghettios. Your, uh, spaghettios. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, cool, dude. Well, okay. So as I mentioned, kettleandfire.com promo code Max Broth. You guys can go check out all their delicious flavors. Where else can listeners connect with you um, over the internet if they have follow up questions, um, product questions, and the like? Totally. Yeah. So probably the best place is on Twitter. I'm at J W Mares M A R E S. Uh, I also recently, like as of literally a week ago, two weeks ago. Started a, a small newsletter on things like health, wellness, and uh, growing direct-to-consumer uh, brands. So if they want to check that out too, it's justinmares.substack.com. Uh, they can check out the newsletter and kind of see see my thoughts on this emerging and evolving health, wellness, and uh, consumer brand industry. That's awesome, man. And you're you said you're based up in San Francisco. Is that correct? We started the company in San Francisco. I'm now in Austin, Texas. Oh, you're in Austin. Nice, man. That's cool. Austin's a great town for this kind of stuff. I love it. That's rad. Love it. Cool. Well, the last question that gets asked to everybody who's on the Genius Life is a, is more of a philosophical question, and you feel free to take it wherever you'd like. It is, what does it mean to you to live a genius life? What does living a genius life mean to you, Justin? Yeah, for me, it, it means living and, and doing things like Kettle and Fire uh, that really light me up and get me excited. Like I personally get thrilled about the idea and attempting to make like my own small mark on the world and doing something that I really care about. And so uh, I feel incredibly grateful to be able to do something that intersects with my, my passion and something I care about and doing work that I think is meaningful in the world. Uh, and to me, that's, that's just is operating within my, my zone of genius and makes me incredibly happy and fulfilled. The zone of genius, man. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate, uh, you know, getting to have this chat with you. Um, again, as a, as a fan of the product, so keep doing what you're doing. And uh, to all you guys out there in podcast land, thank you so much for listening to the show. Take a moment to spread the word about what we're doing here. Um, tag Justin and I and your favorite quote from this episode. Uh, share it on your Instagram stories. Leave that rating and review on iTunes. The show really benefits from that. I would very much appreciate that. And I leave, I read all of your reviews and I, I notice all of your ratings. So thank you so much as always. And I will catch you on the next episode. Peace out, guys.